Pickaxe. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good evening and welcome to Resonance 104.4 FM. I'm Steve Curran and Hi. this is One Life Left. <laughs> Hello, I'm Simon Byron. Hello, I'm Anne I, I realised as we sat down that, um, and, I, and I look at, I, I, I cast admiring gaze at our guest. I realise I've not actually sp- spoken to him about what's going to be happening this evening. <laughs> I've, so I've not said, did you not give him the We'll chat about this and then, and, then, and then we'll introduce you. And from that point, yeah, you can't say anything yet because we've not introduced you. Mm. Why don't you give uh, our guest and also our listeners a rundown of how a rundown of how this show usually works. Well, welcome to One Life Left. Particularly uh, welcome uh, readers of Shortlist. Yes. Uh, thank you for joining us. This week we were recommended. Uh, we were one of seven podcasts recommended to... What was the other, Simon? Uh, I forget. I was to Daft Souls. Was that there? I don't I think don't so. Think was so. Radio 5 no, Live no, there? No, I, I don't, don't think that. it was either, that. was it? Um, I think... Um, Guy Cocker was nowhere to be no, seen. He, he was mentioned in Shortlist, but not uh, in that section. But it was it was something called Cereal. 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 Is it pronounced Cereal? Is it, I thought it was Cereal. Okay. So, no, I think it's a. It's just a podcast about breakfast. So, oh, no, so does that mean we need? We also uh, like if people think that we're like cereal, uh, we should bring them up to date with what's been happening on <laughs> One Life Left, shouldn't we? On the plot so far, we've well. got one joke, guys. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> See if you can spot it. Yes. Uh, have you had a good week, Steve? Pretty good so far. What's uh, been going on? I went for a run today. Why? Why? Oh, no. <laughs> because because I haven't I haven't been for a run for ages, and I've been putting it off. I, I would have kept it that way. Yeah. I, I tried. Well, I saw. Actually, it was inspired by you tweeting about marathons this oh, week. Yeah. I thought, well, if Simon's doing it. Yeah. You're Turns doing out, a marathon? <laughs> no, I didn't. I tweeted about a relay. Mis- I was running the Pokemon, the great Eon Ticket UK relay at right, the weekend. Yeah, same thing. I, I only, I skipped rid of it. It was too long. Didn't well, exactly, read. yes. Uh, mm-hmm. Anyway, I went for a run. That was hard work. Uh, otherwise, had basically quite a nice day. Good, Anne? I had a lovely, I've had a lovely week. It was my mom's birthday on Friday. Oh, happy birthday, uh, Mrs. Scants. Yeah, so I genuinely did give her, as one of her birthday gifts, uh, a copy of Shortlist magazine. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> nice. There you go, Mum. How much did you pay for that? Got it for free. <laughs> Good job. Uh, so our guest, um, we realised when we got here this evening that um, the previous show, Louis Schaefer, uh, he's been upping the ante recently. He had Terry Alderton from off of EastEnders on last week. Mm. I mean, like, someone who's actually famous. How do you top that? Well, he topped it this week with Stuart Lee. It's ridiculous. Who uh, I know, as we passed each other on the studio, didn't remember me from saying hello to him in his, <laughs> when he sat on his own in a pub in Hitchin. But this is well, maybe of, he was playing it cool. What we're kind of doing is, a, is like a rap battle with guests, isn't it? Yeah. They do one thing. We had another. They do... <laughs> Is that how rap battles work? Something like that, wasn't it? Um, yeah. Yeah, no, we had uh, Trendy Entertainment on last week, and mm. they had Terry yeah, Alton. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. so right. we can make of that. They have um, Stuart that, Leon. That dude, yeah. Stuart Leon, yeah, whoever he is. Yeah, pretty good, pretty good. Hey, we've got Paul Rose, Paul Rose Mr Biffo. Paul Rose. Hello, Paul Rose, you can speak now. Can I start swearing and banging on the desk? <laughs> like I was told not to. <laughs> How are you, Paul Rose? Uh, yeah, I'm very well. I'm actually having a hot flush. I think coming out of the cold, or I'm having the menopause. Right. <laughs> well, do you know it's so wonderful to see you. It's We've not really seen exciting. you for a long, long time. In fact, Steve referenced it earlier. So, um, I forgot that I forgot Paul, uh, Paul Rose's leaving do, mm. which was a hundred years ago. Um, but he really left, didn't he? <laughs> he did leave. He left. We'd not seen him or anything like that, and then. That. 
here he is. So uh, thank you so much for coming on the show. You're very welcome. Nice Look, to be had. Looking forward to uh, catching up with you properly shortly. Um, but we should start the show as we always do. And in a way that we didn't imagine we were going to be doing 10 minutes ago, Anne, because we, you weren't here. <laughs> and we were like, right, uh, what are we going to do for this bit? Here, guys. I was always going to be We thought you were here. testing us. Well, you asked, you asked us for a day off, didn't you? Oh, and we, we, didn't, thought, <laughs> we sort of didn't. We weren't really yeah, listening. Yeah. <laughs> so we just thought, oh, it'll, it'll happen and she'll remind us and she'll warn us and it'll be fine. Then you didn't turn up and we thought oh, oh. <laughs> it's going to be embarrassing with Paul Rose here anyway let's okay. get on with it it's Anne's News It's 7.05 on Monday the 1st of December. I'm Anne Scanthbury and this is the news. The British Film Institute has announced that 14 games have benefited from the UK's video game tax relief. The BFI, which bestows certificates on developers, named 11 of the games. The only game to have received final certification was Space Pants by Boxface Games, with the 10 other named games in interim certification. Up to 25% tax relief on production costs can be claimed by games that have things like UK staff working on the team and games that feature a British story or the English language. Don't get much more British than space pants, do you? So he's got tax breaks. Yeah. That's amazing. He's, he's, well, he was then. He's well, his father's he's son, isn't he? Yeah. Little businessman doing well. Wow. Got tax breaks but fell victim to child labour laws. <laughs> Congratulations, well, Sam. Space yeah. pants, that's all right. So that's Brilliant. the only one. So, so what, so the others are all in interim He stage. doesn't have to pay tax and he's a child, doesn't he? <laughs> it's like taxing paper boys. Is that right? Yeah, because you don't start paying uh, any like national insurance or anything until you're 16, is it? And then tax when I think maybe ta- is tax a little bit older when you're 18. I don't know. So what else was on the list? Space pants, obviously, obviously, British, yeah, obviously. and obviously brilliant. Uh, so of the other ten, uh, so you've got uh, Beyond Flesh and Blood from Pixel Bomb Games, Fractured Space from Edge Case Games, uh, Ginger Snap from Elderberry Post. Does it explain adjective why these noun? Games are <laughs> adjective noun from? <laughs> <laughs> no, it doesn't explain why they're uh maze craft from hyper oh yeah you right. don't get much more british than mazes uh pop uh, potion pop from delinquent interactive okay delinquency very british uh shred it i've never heard Shreddies. of any of these they must be tax scams <laughs> <laughs> starbucks making them wayward tide from what is that chucklefish games who are they <laughs> chuckle brothers have set up a game studio just to get tax breaks who's uh Who's fractured space is definitely a thing. Definitely heard of fractured space. I haven't. Paul Rose, have you heard of any of these games? No, no. <laughs> Jacklefish games, though. So I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm willing to take a punt on whatever they do. I guess so. If you see games. their form, you're gonna. If you're from <laughs> Chucklefish Games, <laughs> consider this an open invitation to come on the show. Yeah, and we'll um, <laughs> talk about your tax affairs. <laughs> Um, can't remember what the name <laughs> third, third Chuckle Brother was. Welcome, <laughs> welcome listeners. Re- welcome readers of Shortlist. <laughs> the boss of Xbox in Japan has resigned after bad, bad sales of the console in the country. The Xbox One has sold only 38,461 in Japan, with around 23,500 of those being sold in the first four days. The Xbox 360 sold twice that in its first two days of release. This is also uh, massively down on rival console sales, with the Wii U and PS4 both selling over 300,000 in two days. Speaking in October, they said it's not as though we're satisfied with the current sales state. We hope to continue to do our best. I think we need a news jingle that's like five seconds longer. Yeah. Parko, that's on Or a news reader that's five seconds quicker. (laughs) Turns up on time. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, Right, so um, he's paid the price then. Yeah. I um, noticed, Steve, you were uh, after an Xbox PR contact on uh, Twitter today. Did you get any joy? Well, we didn't... You know, I was trying to pick up on a thread from earlier in the season where we failed to get an Xbox. Yeah. And we still have failed to get an Xbox. So, no, I didn't get any... I basically asked for a communicative Xbox PR, i.e. not one from Edelman. Right. And um, Did you get one? No, didn't right. receive any answer at all. So Same. maybe that's your problem. I know, and that's part of his reason, I guess, that he resigned, is it? That One Life Left didn't have a console yet? Yeah, is I think so. It's pretty atrocious, isn't it? Well, I can't decide whether it would be better or worse for, to, to, for us to get in touch with uh, 
Japanese PRs um, of Xboxes. Well, it can't be any worse. What? Because <laughs> they must have a surplus over there. Just ship them oh, in. Yeah, we'll thinking. take them. Or maybe they're just really terrible and they didn't. They don't have any in stock. Paul, are you uh, Xbox or Sony? Oh, well, I've got both. Uh, are you Xbox or Sony? <clears throat> that's hard. I really, really didn't like the PS3. Uh, I was I had one, but I really didn't like it. Um, uh, but I, I so I punted for the Xbox One initially. But I tend to play on the PS4. Are you enjoying it? Yes, I'm enjoying Far Cry 4 at the moment very much. That's good. Well, hopefully we'll hear about that later. And um, the actual lyric is Xbox or Atari, isn't it? From, yeah. Yeah. Which he, he's more. Uh, that's apples to orange. Uh, he's orange, more Xbox, blah. and I'm more Atari. Right, yeah. YouTubers will have to flag promotional videos in future or else. The Advertising Standards Agency told the BBC in very hard terms that brands and vloggers now have to make it very clear before you click on a video that it's a promotional video. This time it was complaints about loads of videos about Oreos appearing that caused a stir, but this is an issue that's previously been raised about video game YouTube channels. The ASA hasn't really made it clear what the or else is yet, but we bet it won't involve the world's finest cookie. Uh... We will definitely review Oreos. Yes. For money, yeah. Well, for Oreos. Here's a oh, quick it? um, here's a quick life tip for you. Uh, if you're unsure as to whether a video is a promotional one on a YouTube channel, uh, just check to see whether it's on the YouTube channel. <laughs> because chances are it is. Uh, this what? is a can of worms Wasn't it, that has been opened. It was uh, Yogscast that said... It's not. It's not an uh, advertising thing because mm. they don't have editorial control. We don't hand it back to them, so it's not really an ad. It's not really. Total Biscuit says he's not a journalist, so you know. Do why you should I have to do that? I've got. I've got a wider point to make about all of this. Do you want to do that Is now? It, yeah. Yeah. It's. It's. It's to do with One Life Left as well. Okay. You know we. Uh, we're sociable people, right? One life left. Yep. We we don't we're not shut-ins. We get out and about. We meet lots and lots of people in the industry. We have dialogues with them. We talk to people from the press, don't we? We do, yeah. But we never we've never interacted with the Yogs cast at all. In all of our long history and their short history, we have we haven't talked to them. We we haven't even said hi. We haven't passed Is each other you, in the street. Um, Is this issue showing them an olive branch? This is me reaching out. Right, okay. Because it's by all accounts, it sounds like they do need our help, given the, the the followers and the money that they've got. Yeah, I've, I mean, I've heard they're doing okay. Okay, but maybe it's time to take. Maybe we can help them reach a different audience, the what? audience of shortlist. I, d- I mean, I- they're perfect for late night shoot 'em up action, whatever that is. <laughs> whatever that is. I don't want to cast aspersions on anybody on the YouTube. Uh, but maybe the reason that we aren't friends with them is maybe we don't just don't have anything to offer them, Steve. What, i.e. money? <laughs> I mean, I that's mean, certainly, may- certainly true. Maybe. Yeah, no, so the, what's, it is going to be interesting what happens with this because um, <clears throat> a lot of them do take money for content. and But whilst I saw a lot of people um, crowing about how this would change things, all I think it will do is just... You know, if they're going to be more upfront about it, they will just say, "Yeah, but we only take money from things we like anyway," and that will just do the same job. Yeah, but if you like it, you shouldn't want to take money from it. Well, how else are they supposed to live? Uh, get a job. <laughs> I don't know. Kickstarter has shut down the campaign for a game called Bloodsport because the premise sounds like it could kill you. Developer Brandon Grotesque hoped to make a game that could be used by a at professional blood drives to get gamers thinking about more important issues while still doing what they love. Players would have a needle in their arm that would drain their blood when they took a hit in the game. The developers were adamant that the game would be overseen by medical professionals, but the top reward was the code to build your own Bloodsport machine, so literally anyone could have used it. Brandon Grotesque. Yeah. That's a font. <laughs> right. I just googled it to hoax. check. Look, Simon, it's a font. Look, it's a nice. Uh, it's all right, isn't it? It's a good nice. font as well. Yeah. Anyway, um, sorry, Anne. I, I got distracted by the story uh, by the font. Do you, do you need me to give you a recap? A TLDR. Uh, game that mm-hmm. was going to have a needle in your actual arm. What your your arm? Or your arm? Okay, not my arm though. Not, Not yours. All of my veins have clapped. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and when you play the game, uh, when you get hit or something, it would drain some blood out of your arm. What? Yeah. You can't do that. I mean, you can. Because no, they... no, you can't, because Kickstarter have said that you well, can't. Yeah. Like, you, like, you actually can't do that. Well, you can't do it now. No, but then it turns out you couldn't have done it. But you could... Even if you wanted to. If you did want to, and they did want to, it turns out you can't do it. Yeah, but Kickstarter aren't in charge of... Well, but it says that Kickstarter it seems aren't that you, your real dad. <laughs> but it seems that they are because he's not doing it anymore. 
Yeah, but maybe they're going to continue without this. And how do you know he's not my dad? Maybe they'll go on <laughs> Indiegogo. <laughs> yeah, uh, were you tempted to pledge for that, Anne? No, not no. No, that's horrible. Ever feel like you've got too much blood? <laughs> I mean, if I want to give it, I, I could, like it's very lovely. Um, so obviously this was well, this well, not obviously this was in Canada. Um, obviously, I don't know what their blood giving situation <laughs> is over there. That they need to be playing games while they do it over here in the UK. What we have is a lovely system where you turn up. You sit for quite a long time, then you go and have a little lie down. Watch your blood coming out of your arm, or just look at the ceiling if it's weird, and then you go and have an orange squash and some uh, three-pack of biscuits. Biscuits. Oreos. Total biscuit. It's all coming together. Oh my goodness. And finally, Nintendo could be making some pretty big enemies with its new toy. The Samus Amiibo figurine, which was released this week in the UK, has been shown to mess with the ticket barriers of the Moscow Metro, opening and shutting the gates when it's not supposed to. This sounds like that film where the toys come to life, only this time they're taking over our transportation infrastructures. There's no way this is going to end well. That film where the toys come to yeah, life. you know that one. You know the one I'm talking about. Is it, um, is it a... A narrative, a story of some description. Oh, yeah, what happens in it is the the toys come to life. Okay, what's well, so it called? Life, 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 life toys. Life toys. <laughs> that one. Um, right. So what? So people were travelling for free by waving um, an amiibo. Is well, it, is... it could open and shut the gates, but apparently the gates it, on the Moscow Metro um, are quite dangerous anyway, because it looks like because they're it's in open. Russia. Because it looks like they're open. And then Ha-ha. if you go to go through it and you haven't uh, put your card on it, it just shuts really, really abruptly and can really hurt you. Right. Okay. It's like trust, but if you if you break the trust, <laughs> oh, you get hurt. So has anyone tried waving any um, yeah, they tried Skylander toys on the London oysters, Underground? Yeah. Well, they did try this, but it didn't seem to work on How um, does someone discover all of this? Just, uh, I've got an object. <laughs> it's <laughs> like an adventure <laughs> game. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Just use X with Y exactly. until you get through. It was Ron Gilbert, was it? <laughs> <laughs> you know when you try to... Uh, to get into your house and you don't use your keys you use your oyster card instead and you're like oh, what an idiot maybe someone was fiddling around what? in their bag trying to find their uh, is this why you were late <laughs> I was trying to get on the, uh, I was trying to get on the tube by uh, using um, some tampons <laughs> <laughs> didn't work is that why, it? Was it, why was it in your pocket that last story that's it one life left video game news with Anne Scantleberry What? First thing, I still can't get over the fact that Anne tried to use her Oyster card to get into her house. You've never done that. But, but they're two Where different you, objects. Are you homeless? Do you, do you live in a hotel? That would make sense. Sometimes. Uh, no, you know when you just get the wrong thing out, you're not really thinking. Wait, but thing but normally they're made of the same substance. Like, <laughs> wouldn't it be... Oh. Like, I, listeners, I cannot be the only person that's ever done this. Please back me up. Mm. Okay. Uh, second thing, we've worked out who Chucklefish are. It's a bit embarrassing. We say worked out. Uh, <laughs> we should mention, of course, we're once again joined by Simon Intern. Hello, Simon. Hello. 
Uh, I th- and it turns out, actually, that his job is just to um, sort of prove us wrong. Yeah, he's, he's fact-checking. Fact fact-checking. Fact-checking. Yeah. He's legal. If you could check the facts before we talk yeah, about them on air, yeah. just, just hold it. We need a hand signal for that. Uh, so Chucklefish are a big deal. They, they made Starbound. Oh, yeah, that. Total Biscuit would love Starbound. I bet he loved it. Right. Mm. For how much, though? <laughs> uh, Probably by, for nothing. That's exactly what I mean. Yeah. Exactly what I exactly. mean. Exactly. And, uh, and now they're a publisher as well, apparently. They publish uh, Risk of Rain. And oh, like right. That. Yeah, I've heard of that. Yeah. Made in Game Maker, I think. Right, really? Hmm. Okay. Hmm. Interesting. Anyway. You're, you're uh, welcome. That was... <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was Clam and Walker's. It's nice. You, so you uh, expressed some concern about the music this evening ahead of the show, and uh, uh, I expressed. I, I expressed the only concern was that we might not have enough. Well, every it, single uh, every single track is a banger. I don't think we're going to need it though, are we? Because look, but, because Paul Rose is here. Remember, of course, of course. Paul, so where have you? Where? When did you leave? <laughs> oh God, seven eight years ago, something so, like that. So we should. Well, you should explain exactly who you are. <laughs> God, uh, where do we begin? Uh, I, yeah, I used to write Digitizer on Channel 4 Teletext. Yep. Um, and then I had an edge column, and then I vanished and uh, developed a career writing very unpopular films starring Dancing Dogs. <laughs> Digitizer, um, I mean, it's possible that there'll be some listeners who won't know what Teletext was. It was like the internet before the internet, wasn't it? It was... It was uh, it was using the extra signal that TVs didn't display, wasn't it, to randomly? Yeah, it was. It was kind of the between the lines or something. They kind of hid Just put text in. Yeah, that it, you it could tune into, and you could see what the football scores were on a Saturday or Brilliant. book cheap ho- holidays. Yeah, but it's still going as it, a holiday company now. That's now what they do. They still ah, exist. Teletext right. as just purely a holiday company. And Digitizer, I think you know, um, back in the days, people used to pick their champions and. Um, it could be quite parochial. If you like this, you dislike that. You know, st- that still exists in, in hardware and stuff. But I think it's pretty fair to say that Digitizer was universally loved. Uh, except by Amiga owners. Oh, OK. Or kind of Sega fans or Nintendo <laughs> fans, right? depending on who it slagged off that day. OK, all right. Well, it's nice to know that that was still around. So, yeah, what do you think it was about Digitizer, though, that, that sort of attracted such a firm following? Um, God, I don't know, really. It's not for me to say, because we were, we were just trying to entertain ourselves. Uh, and whatever we did just seemed to gel with people. And it was it was a weird mix of kind of the fact stuff with stupid characters and jokes that didn't make sense, which we were doing purely to, to, to annoy people. But <laughs> it slightly backfired and enough people liked it that it, it got a bit of a following. Who did you annoy the most? Uh, the, our bosses. Did you? One of whom, weirdly, uh, said hello to me on Twitter today. Right. My old editor, which uh, I kind of ran away sque- screaming into the garden going, ah, he's still watching me. <laughs> but it had uh, tremendous reach and influence wasn't it I mean how, it was probably more popular than most games magazines put together is that right in terms of numbers uh, I think so we used to get figures that said we had uh, at one point 1. 1.5 million right. viewers a week but I, I was quite isolated from it, it you know half of the time I, I spent writing digitizer I was doing it from home and I, I had no contact it was only actually that leaving to that you guys kind of came to that that was when I kind of went bloody hell you know people actually like this it's right. weird and it must have had it must have taken quite a skill as well because uh, teletext you were very limited by what by the number of characters that you could use so how did you approach covering games in such a sort of staccato fashion i guess um by covering them as little as possible <laughs> and kind of filling the pages with stupid characters right so yeah what made you leave um, it, <laughs> now there's a story uh, my mate who worked there he was the guy that did the, the the tips and cheats pages he rang me up and said uh, that they're about to fire you and I thought right I'm going to do uh, smashy and nicey here and quit before they fire me uh, and I rang up um, the features editor and said I, actually I'm, I, I'm thinking of quitting and he went oh god we're actually about to offer you a raise no. <laughs> and that's a, that's a true story that's what happened so, but it, it happened at the right time the TV writing stuff was starting to take off um, and yeah you know, it, it was it, it had its day. Okay, sort of. Tell us about what you what, what you went on to do then. Uh, well, I've, got, I've I've written all sorts of things really, mainly for kids. Um, you know, uh, Four O'clock Club. That's a big one that mm-hmm. I really love for CBBC. Um, I've done EastEnders. Uh, one episode, which was fairly horrific. Uh, and, yeah, most recently, Putty the Dog the Movie. Uh, it was my fault. 
tell us a bit. So how do you end up writing just one episode of EastEnders then? Is um, By upsetting your script editor sufficiently <laughs> oh, really? that you're not invited back. <laughs> Which one was it? Uh, wow, it was a long time ago. It was just after Dirty Den had come back from the dead. Okay. Uh, so a tricky one to... Uh... Yeah, I, th- I thought it was an all right episode in the That's end. That's a but... classic era of EastEnders, though. Well, I don't know. My class- my era was when Dirty Den was alive for the first time, and then uh, he died, and it kind of got all a bit weird and pantomime Yeah. Uh, and we just had to sort of do lots of Dirty Den catchphrases and stuff, and that's what his dialogue <laughs> mostly consisted of, was, you know. And um, when did you pop up on... So it's maybe it was three or four weeks ago, you just suddenly appeared on yes. Twitter. I mean, you, you had had an account for ages, but it had been dormant for years, is that yeah, right? Yeah, since 2009, Okay, I think. so you were in early. Yeah. Trendsetter. <laughs> did nothing. Thought that, no, that's not for me. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. What prompted your return? Uh, I, well, um, I don't know how much I can say, really, because uh, I wrote something uh, purely for my own entertainment, and I really enjoyed it, and I've not written anything digitizer-esque for, you know, seven, eight years, and I loved it so much, I thought, I kind of want to do more of right. this. Uh, and then I just thought, oh, to hell with it, and popped up on Twitter and started tweeting stupid jokes um, and stuck the, stuck the thing I wrote up online and people seemed to respond to it. So, uh, two things. Uh, your jokes. Uh, now, I've been, they do make me laugh <laughs> because they're so I, I bad. I sense a caveat no, here, Simon. I, well, no, I look at them with admiration and go, right, is that what he's been doing since 2009, where he just set up and you've just been writing them down? Because they're so, you're so prolific with them. <laughs> <laughs> and they're so terrible that they're brilliant. But <laughs> do, they, do you write them as they come, or have you got a big yeah, book yeah. of jokes? No, right? I write them. As, it, it's been weird because since I've I, I've kind of popped back up, back up, you know, three weeks ago, it's been like a kind of champagne cork taken out. I can't stop. <laughs> you know, my other half had a go at me last night because I've been just doing too much right. on the blog. Uh, and yeah, I, I've it, it, but I've, I've been loving it. I've been so loving the chance to do it. So you have a blog now? Yeah. Yes. Uh, well, it's digitizer2000.com. Right. So, uh, we, which we, myself and Tim Moore, who I started Digitizer with back in the day, we get together and get drunk a few times a year and every time we do we go we should do a book about digitizer i was going to come on to that i mean given the the sort of the, the success of all the retro um so look at the commodore the commodore 64 book the amiga book keith stewart's uh sega mega drive book raising tens of thousands of money like yeah are you not are you tempted to do a sort of uh, like a, a teletext in book form or even just a like anecdotes about that time uh yeah we've got a vague idea to do something that's a cross between what digitizer was and a sort of beano annual um, but part of doing the blog is just testing the water, really, to see if people remember us. Uh, yeah, we've had a good response. I mean, I don't know if it's enough yet to kind of get perhaps a Kickstarter campaign or something going, but if people want to go and look at the blog and like it, please let us know and, you know, sign up to following me on Twitter and maybe we can get something away. How how have things changed in the time that you've been away, would you say? Uh, I, mean, I really have been living in a cave. I, right. I, I ran so far and fast away from being Mr Biffo that I, I just turned my back on uh, the games industry. But the, the, the big change seems to be the change in the way games are covered, which is now it, it's social media seem to be there. That's the voice. That, that people seem to be res- responding to. Social media and radio. And radio. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> and in terms of the um, the games that we I mean, did you stop playing games? Uh, no, no. Uh, my uh, taste in games narrowed very much down to first-person shooters, and that's it. Okay. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm having to catch up a bit. Uh, it's amazing degree. what they can do these days, isn't it? Isn't it? No, <laughs> they almost look real. <laughs> and um, in terms of the faces, I mean, what's been really nice uh, is uh, see on Twitter, Pete, you can, you can see uh, when people that you hadn't connected start talking to each other. And what I've really enjoyed seeing is that other people that I know just say, hey, well, it's great to see you back. I mean, you still think the games industry is full of the, the same types of people, same personalities around? I'm surprised how many people are still around that I remember from back in the day. That That's really surprised me. Uh, it's been nice, you know, lots of people who uh, perhaps weren't uh, kind of established in the industry when I was last in it, you know, seem to be now quite... Have you seen what's happened to Rupert Lohman? I don't know. You know that that is. You know that young boy (laughs) with all the spots? He's now running Europe, gamer. (laughs) Yeah, no, he's... 
No, I was joking. He's a friend of the show, Rupert. So. But yeah, okay, great. Well, um, thanks ever so much for coming on. Uh, do keep us posted on the book and stuff. We'll um, do. Yeah, I'll be first in line to back it if you, uh, if you do that. But, um, you're going to stick around for the rest of the show. But uh, what are we doing now, Steve? Hello, I'm Sega Badawi, and welcome to One Life Left Local News. Chaos has ensued at a local shopping mall due to the sales on offer. The Williamette Parkview Mall that is open to zombies has had shoppers fighting over the large discounts available. Local photojournalist Frank West was able to take pictures of the event and sent them to our sister newspaper. Local zombie residents were disgusted by the shoppers' actions. Many said that the police presence was non-existent and the cops that were there seemed to want to protect the shoppers rather than the local zombies. They were also upset that the queues were moving slower than they could actually walk. In addition, the only items that they could buy were black pudding, PS4s and cans of Guinness, which they felt was not the true meaning of the term Black Friday. Thanks and back to your usual programming. This is One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM. We are a video game radio show broadcasting from the heart of London. Is that right? Is this place the heart of London? I think it's heart enough. Feels it's own like one, it, isn't it? So, yeah. It's own like one, it. so it's, it's the heart of London. Um, so we've dealt with the news. We've dealt with our interview section. Mm-hmm. Any other business? Well, we should bring people up to date on the, uh, the Christmas party, which we announced oh, this time sure. last week. One yes. week this time one week one week ago we announced it tickets sold out on Friday yeah so uh, four days hours. four oh. days and a bit well yes Five days. no you're right yeah. um, 96 hours yeah thank you so much everybody for coming along we're really sorry to those of you that have been unable to get tickets I know I feel bad a couple of uh, a couple of One Life Left super fans and Marioki super fans were tweeting at us going I've only just checked the internet just thought thought I'd roll up buy a ticket (laughs) there's no way those chumps are going to sell out well, well, we did. We, we all, are set out. We are total. We've always aspired to that, and now we are. We found a way, though, for people who don't currently have tickets to get tickets. So we've yeah. held back some tickets uh, for One Life Left contributors, you know, because it's our work Christmas party. Exactly. Staff party. So how do you get one of those tickets? You have to be a member of staff. Staff. Of course. Of course. Now, how can we make that happen? Well, we well, can employ you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Right. I mean, you said that in a cheerful manner, but it came across as sinister the way that you, saw, you pointed at me. And yeah, I mean, check your terms and con- check your contracts before you sign up to anything. But we. It's all right. I'm HR. So. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Uh, if you. Um, Basically, we're using this as a way to get you to do our jobs. Mm. Um, so if you don't have a ticket and you do want to come, please. Uh, Please write us a song to sing on the night. To write us a Christmas song. So that can be a Christmas carol or a Christmas pop song. We already have a few, so you want to email us first to check that the one that you're going to write is not already done. All it has to do, similar rules as normal Marioki, it's one of those songs about video games. Um, Paul Rose uh, is, is staff. 
I think. And um, while we've been sat here, so you're going to come to our Christmas party, aren't you? I've our been staff, invited, our yes. staff Christmas party. Um, I think. I think maybe before Paul is staff again, he has to go and see HR about his sabbatical. <laughs> 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 Where have you been? Well, I thought maybe somebody could write a a, a Britney Spears song for Paul, couldn't they? Um, oh, I get it. I get it. I yes. just got it. I just got it. Steve, you'll get there. Digitise it. Yes, digitize very good. Exactly. Very good. Very good. Uh, you could write that could be a suggestion for you. I'm going to take uh, Venus. It's the one I'm going to do for this this time. What? Really? I... What is that? By it's going to be... Rama. Yeah, but it's by the one that's the... Uh, the advert on the women's... Yeah, and I'm going to write it about, about the Witcher games. <laughs> Do, 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 do you get that? No. No, Steve, you've got it? I get it. <laughs> That's what I'm going to do. That came to me over the weekend. I don't get it. What do we know about the Witcher games? Sexy. Yep. Yeah. I'm going to do Venus. Oh! <laughs> it's going to be fun, isn't it? Oh. No one will sing that. Yeah, they will. <laughs> <laughs> self it's it's just a, doesn't it? Just a search and replace. Exactly. <laughs> Right, letters. Uh, Richard Stratton writes, Dear team and Mr. Biffo, the ultimate super special guest. In the past few weeks, Anne's news prowess and general gaming knowledge appears to have leapt forward at a near exponential level. What could possibly account for this? Have Steve and Simon been feeding her mind expanding drugs akin to the lawnmower man that increased her understanding to genius levels? What other explanation could there be? Loving the show, comma, Richard. Anne, what's been going on? Just really enjoying my job. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm looking for a raise. <laughs> Good, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, people are noticing that's that's good news, isn't it? Yes, isn't it? I've been doing well. Uh, well, at reading letters out as well. Hello, team and super special guest. Paul is one of the best when it comes to kids TV with Danny's House, the Four O'clock Club, and my parents' Aliens. Not only providing so loads of chuckles, but also storylines that reflect aspects of everyday reality for kids, even as in the case of with uh, parents or aliens, in the most unlikely of circumstances. Uh, he has also created scenes that have been uh, that have profoundly tugged at the heartstrings. So, with that in mind, I wanted to ask the team: Are there any games that have reflected your real-life experience in a profound or particularly clever way, despite its unlikely setting or storyline? And/or are there are uh, there any games you've played that you would describe as being both chuckle maker and heartstring plucker. Keep up the great work, Paul and OLL team. You're brilliant at what you do. Kate. How do you feel about that, Paul? Is that real? It is real. That's, <laughs> sh- shall I tell you, that's from my wife. <laughs> okay, and you... So um, she made me introduce her to Kieran Gillen, which made me look good. And then when she saw me talking to you over Twitter, she was like, I didn't realise she knew Paul Rose. He's, oh, a, he's a hero her. of mine. And apparently um, she, uh, we, we've got your book in our house now that she owned. Yeah, that's not suitable for children. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, big fan. So... Uh, uh, do you want the question again? No, well, I, I'm terrible at answering listeners' questions because <laughs> uh, the answer's no. I can't think of anything. Can you, Steve? Truckle makers. Well, anything that's profoundly... Uh, what effect- do we know about truckle makers? We've already truckle talked... Truckle fish. Truckle fish. Truckle fish. You should talk the... to them. And yeah, I'll get on them. Okay. Um, Heartstring Pluckers has to be Road Not Taken, which is the most emotive video game I've played for years. A genuinely punishing experience. Wait, looking forward to coming into Vita. Uh, I uh, got a bit emotional uh, playing Rain. Oh, I've not played that yet. Yeah, uh, I think it's more of the the um, ambience that it created, sort of the scene that it set. But yeah, bits of that, I was just like, oh god. Uh, yeah, that was a uh, heartstring plucker. Uh, mine would be heavy, heavy rain. So, sorry, <laughs> I know that's a crass answer, but that Terrible. affected me in ways. Yeah. Dearest presenters and SSG and intern. Video games are very popular these days, begins Jamie Fur. Also really popular are celebrities. Where's this letter going? (laughs) There used to be a lot less or fewer, depending on who is reading out the letter. Which celebrity would you like to play a video game with and what video game, which video game would it be? Jay. Hmm. Oh, I'd like to play a video game with Taylor Swift. Yeah. But it could not be SingStar. No, it really Because couldn't. why would she bother? Why would she bother? Play a super scary one so that she'd have to get cuddled up close. <laughs> she would do good uh, good expressions, wouldn't she? Yeah, she Animated would. gifts. Actually, I would love be very to play... very What's that one that really, really scared me, Steve? Uh, oh, Outlast. Uh, Outlast. Like or Outlast 2. Outlast 2. coming out, you should get, you know, Outlast 2 and invite Taylor around. That's a good idea, isn't it? Who would you like to play a game? No, I'd never, never meet your heroes. 
Okay. <laughs> so, so it doesn't have to be a hero, it just has to be a celebrity. So it could be someone you despise. Oh, and you want to play that blood giving game? Yeah, I was going to say the blood giving game with Ainsley Harriet. <laughs> celebrity license right there, isn't yeah. it? Paul, do you have a letter? Uh, yes. Hi, team. Hi, SSG. I've just finished a grueling project performing a four-hour play about Robert Anton Wilson. Finding it over and having finding it over and having a little free time, I find myself reaching for Burnout Paradise. Uh, it's not the best game, but it's something I can pick up, play like an idiot for half an hour without having to remember where I've got to, feel warm and fuzzy, and put back down. What are your coming home games? Pip, pip, Robert. That is a home game. No, that is a strong question. I have an answer for this one. Okay. Or at least I had an answer for this no. one. No. Mm. Uh, project, uh, um, not Project Eden, Pixel Junk Eden. Uh, Pixel Junk's brilliant uh, sort of abstract ambient platformer with music by Bion. Absolutely fantastic game. I love that game so much. I never completed it, but I would play it for half an hour, an hour all the time. And on PS3, I would just, I'd, you know, I'd come home and I would not be sure what I want to play. And I'd maybe go to put in a disc, but then I'd be like, no, I'll just play Pixel Junk. I played that game so much more than any other game last generation and all in tiny, tiny chunks just because it was comfortable and just a pleasant experience. Now, now I can't play it because I've unplugged my PS3, and it's only it exists on it exists on PC. I've seen, um, but no PS4 version. So please, please, Pixel Junk, give me back my baby. Or Dave Perry, hurry up with your gack eyes or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So be able that, to play. that sort of thing. Yeah, um, no, I can't think. I don't of think I have one. Coming home. No. I mean, it's a good point, though, isn't it? That that it's often easier to learn. Uh, it's easier to go back so to an old game to learn new, yeah. new things. So, good point, Robert. I'm sorry that our answers couldn't live up well, to that. Yeah, no. I often tend to find that if I stop playing something, then I then I can't go back to it. Mm, never go back. They say. Procedural generation is all well and good, but as an actor, I'm increasingly frustrated by the fact that these games tend not to include a story, and therefore there's no way for me to get some juicy acting roles out of their popularity. The most vexing part is that I invented a game with procedurally generated plot back in the 1980s while I was on a break from Nintendo. The graphics were basic, i.e. non-existent, but the player would genuinely experience a story that was put together by a complex algorithm. That algorithm? It was simple. I'd write, or procedurally generate, a basic plot, and if the player tried to deviate from it at all, I would have refused to engage, blaming the lack of computational power rather than my own lack of imagination. Want to pick up an object I haven't thought to add to the plot? I don't know how to pick up ladder. Want to try to exit through a door I've accidentally described without knowing what's on the other side? I don't know how to open the south door. In the end, you just follow the plot I had planned all along, sometimes not even bothering to try the other options, because I don't know how to do that. There you have it, the illusion of choice that disguises an incredibly confined structure. We used it to make roughly 200 games, and the trick was used again many years later for L.A. Noir. And anyone claiming that it was a misleading use of the phrase procedurally generated, I'll see you in court. Writing is a procedure, suckers. Super Roger World, good to have him back. Thanks, Super Roger. Thanks. Uh, so I put out a tweet asking if anyone else had tried to get into their house using an Oyster card. Amy uh, Jones said, I think everyone uh, who lives in London has done it at least once. How do you do it, though? Darren what Wall did... happens once a month. I once uh, tapped in on our front gate and became incensed when nothing happened. Uh, Johnny says... She lives in a mansion. <laughs> work office key in, in the house door, house keys in the office door. Sometimes but, but that makes understand. Stand. They're well, made yeah, of the yeah, same okay, thing. All right, but a lot of other people. In a flustered moment, I once tried to swipe to unlock lock my oyster card doesn't work uh, Keith Stewart just called me a London idiot well, exa- I was about to say who follows you on Twitter <laughs> right and no. people who can't operate like if they can't get in how are they replying this is my favourite one Rich said the smoke alarm uh, woke me up once and I was so hungover slash still drunk I rolled over and pressed snooze on my alarm clock we've all been there Rich I mean, that doesn't, what does that have to do with the question? You do yeah, the exactly. Thing. You see, there is a, Ask them there, if they've ever answered the wrong question. <laughs> <laughs> there is an action that you need to take and you do something automatically no, but, that's another there, thing. If there I are want, so many actions in life, so many different... What else What else do you do at your door? What, what else? How else have you tried to undo your door? You try, and turn, it, your try door. and turn the water on, <laughs> do you? Try and turn the tap on, but I just start taking off my tights. Right. <laughs> right, good. Yeah. What? This is not that uncommon. 
Simon, I'm not a problem. Well, just because your idiot followers do something <laughs> similar, that doesn't prove the rule, does it? It, it does makes it. no sense. It I don't believe this. makes me feel comforted. I mean, so seriously, when you go to unlock it, do you tap the thing or do you, you try and put the, the corner in the key? Go, no, you just sort of go, hold it there and you go, no, that's not right. right. How do you actually get into your um, With flat a key. Your house? Okay, what's your pin number? <laughs> Again. Four. <laughs> right. <laughs> This is Ocean Palace. It's the Elders of Arcturus. It's from chipmusic.org, as all of our music has been today so far. I love doing that. <laughs> it's excellent. So uh, you know that doesn't you know that doesn't work though when we because don't we uh, level the audio? Well, no, but you level the audio like as a whole, so any fluctuations in between wouldn't. Yeah, no, they would all come out as the same sound. No, they wouldn't. Uh, yeah, they do. Mm. And does audio? That's kind of She's what she does. She's got a burst eardrum. <laughs> so, so how she also tried to get into our house with an oyster card. I don't know why we're taking any <laughs> professional advice from her. And when, when are you? When are you off? Do you want me to actually tell you, or should it be a surprise? No, tell us, because it's uh, the fifteenth. So the week after next. Yeah. So you're here next week. Okay. Here next week. Well, well let's see how it goes next week then. Yeah. One more shot of this. <laughs> So uh, we've covered the news, we've talked to Paul, we've played some music, we've talked about the Christmas party. Simon, is there anything that we have missed? Simon, intern Simon. Oh, he's key, he keeps notes. Does he do that? Yeah. <laughs> yes, a small notebook. Um, I think, well, this week was a bit news uh, week because it was just sales um, okay. and Thanksgiving. And, and ignored Black Friday, quite rightly. Well done, yeah. Me too, I just stayed home and did nothing. <laughs> okay. Didn't go up. Right. Uh, anything so we so we've we've covered everything then? Um most, uh, what could be uh, good is uh, there's gonna be free DLC for uh, for AC Unity. Okay, free deal free DLC for it. Well that was weird. Is that to make up for the Yes, that's to make uh, up for the They're saying sorry with DLC. What so they so they refunded the season pass, now they're giving DLC away. What if they, they could have sold that DLC as part of the season pass? Feels to me like they're apologising too much. Does, isn't it? Like they, we don't know something exactly, they've done. Yeah, We're exactly. gonna, what are they hiding? <laughs> yeah. Do you think that free DLC is going to be a new currency in apologies? Like, I'm, I'm sorry, honey, I went away for the weekend and something happened and I didn't mean it, I was thinking of you the whole time. Here's a, here's a hat. Here, <laughs> here's a nice pair of glasses for your character. Please don't ever bring this up again. Maybe that would yeah, work? Maybe. Interesting. Okay. Okay, is that it? Um, and Sony might give uh, people in the US uh, $50 back if they bought the PS Vita really early. Because what? I uh, want $50. Yeah, but Have you got a PS Vita? No, but I well, could... Well, that's going to no, be... I, can I bought one up. early. Yeah? Um, yeah, but I think that's just for the US because... Um, just for us? No, for the <laughs> U- USA. Okay. Uh, because... Uh, 
um, apparently they, uh, as they did false ads, now they have to refund people because uh, some things weren't, weren't implemented in the PS Vita. And then were the false ads the ones where they had the boobs on the front and on the back, and then when you got the console, <laughs> it turned out there weren't any boobs at all. It's always disappointing when that happens. All right, thanks, Simon. Reviews, Simon. What have you been playing this week? I, oh, I've got so much to play at the moment, but um, I've not had a chance to sit down at home uh, and play Grand Theft Auto, finish Alien Isolation. Instead, I've been playing on the tube um, and trains, uh, and this week I bought XCOM Enemy Within on the oh. iPad. Have you not played that before? Oh, I just I bought that the other day, but I haven't started playing it yet. Right, well, let me tell you about it. It's like mm-hmm. XCOM Enemy Unknown. Yeah. But sort of more orangey, the icon is. The game is basically the same. Do you like <laughs> That's no bad thing, though. Um, it's a good game. Yes, it's a turn-based uh, sci-fi sh- tactical shooter. Uh, you coordinate um, a team of crack alien hunting soldiers. You which to... you get to rename, which is the most important exactly. part of the game. It's got permadeath in it. So which is also important. Um, every choice is important. Yeah, and it just works really well. I think the iPad... Um, Touch devices actually are really coming into their own. The Banner Saga is now out on iOS as well, and all the games that you know previously you'd have to sit and move a mouse and click and all that, you just touch and move. Boys. Yeah, that's good. That's good. What have you called your team? Uh, I can't say on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. Yeah, so, uh, but no, it's good. Uh, it's, it, it is basically more of the same, which is ironic given that I didn't finish. Enemy Within, uh, but it, Enemy Within seemed to have a few technical problems. It would um, sort of, yeah, sort of dump you out now and again, and I've not suffered the same with this. So, uh, yeah, absolutely delighted to be back in that world. It's a bit pricey for an iOS game, Alex. Is, yeah, it's it? like eight ninety nine, something like that. Oh, is it? Yeah. Maybe I didn't buy that. I would never go that far. <laughs> so what did you buy then? You buy some I must have bought. I must have bought the... The, um, the, the, the Banner Saga no, no, dropped no, the in price on Friday. Oh, Enemy Unknown. Yeah, I must have bought that one then. Okay. Well, it's basically the same. If you wear it, if you blue, yeah, look through different colour glasses. Yeah. I will uh, Thoroughly recommended. Um, if you haven't played Enemy Unknown, buy it. If you have played oh, Enemy... I have yeah. bought it. <laughs> I have bought it. Yeah, uh, 7 out of 10. Um, Steve. I have not been playing anything this week apart from Spelunky. And I don't I think we can review Spelunky. that again. But that's the brilliant thing about it, isn't it? You go back again and again and again. I had a very traumatic daily run yesterday where I got all the way to the end and then got squished the last possible moment. Uh, but yeah, it's a so fabulous thing. Something you tweeted game. about and you were like, oh, if you want to see something really sad, watch my Spelunky. Yeah, the heartbreaking 28-minute movie. Uh, yeah, still absolutely lovely. lovely. Uh, loved the game and still 7 out of 10. Brilliant. Uh, I've been playing Fingal. Ah, right. By Game Oven. Yeah. Uh, so this is a game where you it's a two-player and you, uh, there are little squares on the screen, empty squares, and then there are f- some filled squares, and you have to move the filled squares with your fingers into the empty squares until the screen uh, fills with a different colour, um, and then you move on to the next level. But then sometimes the squares start moving or interacting, and sometimes it looks a bit sexy. I can tell that they've set this up, Steve. Don't look at me like that. I can tell that they've set it up to look like that, because in between each of the levels, they do stuff like, they have a thing that comes up and goes, oh, yes, 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 oh, good rubbing, etc. Is that sexy? Yeah. Is it? Yeah, it's... it's, I was playing playing with my five-year-old son at the time. (laughs) I didn't find it sexy at all, and I resent... That's, I mean, uh, I, it, that's definitely what they're doing. Right. Fingers. Well, we found it very difficult. You know, uh, <laughs> it is very difficult. You know, though. Leo Tan and I invented this game at yeah. Nottingham Game City right. before it came out. We invented it. We played the finger. What did you call it? Uh, it was called Fishy Fingers. Of course it because, was. Because Phil Fish was around. Oh, and yeah. that's, that's, that's why. That was before we pushed him over. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, anyway, that's, that's, uh, that's my first point, Anne. Yeah. Second point is Game Oven would certainly build this as a flirting game. Not a, not a sexy game? Who are you uh, Who are you playing with this week? Right, well, this is interesting. This is there are three of game. us. <laughs> three of us? <laughs> Taking it in turns. There's three of us? Uh, I'm not doing that again. I don't again. think it was us, though. I'm not doing that no. again. No. <laughs> no, I'm the last time. No. Uh, so it was me, Matt, and... Oh, this Matt's Matt character yeah. again. Yeah. Coming this back. Trying to write him into Readers the Readers of Shortlist will be interested to know who this Matt character is. He appeared last week, didn't he? Yeah. And now you're playing Fingal with him. <laughs> 
<laughs> Don't worry, I didn't go any further than okay. that. Uh, but also, um, One Life Left's engineer, James Scott, was oh, playing with us as well. I'm going really? to Spain with James Scott next year. Brilliant. Yes. <laughs> I know, look at what's going on around you, Steve. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, back to my review. So, we are playing it on the iPad Mini, which I think is a little small for this game. Our fingers kept bumping into each other. Uh, and it's not really working. Uh, and also, I, at one point I shouted, Oh, for goodness sake, I'm going to have to go upstairs and cut my fingernails. Which I've never had to do for a video game before. So well, well done, Fingal. Well, I've never had to cut my fingernails for a video game before. Have you cut them? Yeah, look. Wow, they're nice. quite a lot shorter, aren't they? Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. no, you are right. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. I will note that down in my chart about <laughs> fingernails. Keep an eye on them next yeah. week. Uh, but yeah, it was a lovely, fun time. Um, would would play again, maybe. Uh, 7 out of 10. Paul? Uh, Far Cry 4. Oh. I really want to play this. There's no time for anything else. Right. It kind of just dominates life. It's like a sort of, I don't know, Prince of Wales award scheme, outward bound <laughs> holiday uh, in game form. Uh, which, if anyone's played Far Cry 3, it's more of the same, uh, but better. Uh, yeah, I was slightly disappointed. I have to say, I was slightly disappointed by how similar it was to the previous one, but it does it all kind of better than the previous one. And it's on a new format now, of course, so it, doesn't it look spectacular? It does. Um, I, I have a slight issue with the current generation that I don't think things have kind of advanced quite as much as I wanted them to be. Uh, and I don't know, that's probably my issue more than the actual hardware. Uh, but yeah, I don't know, I'd give it ooh, uh, 85%. I'm not doing marks out of ten. I'm old this school. Is, this is unbelievable. <laughs> this is unbelievable. unbelievable. This is also unprecedented. Yeah. We've had people before, Paul Rose, that have come on here that have tried to subvert the joke that we explained to the shortlist. One joke. Readers. One joke, Paul. We've got one, one joke. joke. We have one joke. Do you take that away from us? What have we got? We've got no jokes, do we? Uh, just, just see if you can see a pattern. And what did oh, you give again? I, I gave gotcha. mine seven out of ten. Simon. Seven out of ten. I didn't re-review it, but the first time I reviewed Spelunky, it got a solid seven. Just All don't feel scores. under any I, no, pressure. I mean, I think that Far Cry might be too similar to its predecessor to warrant such as... I mean, I you think did you, might raise need, that. you might need to consider deducting a few points. And by a few, I mean 15. Se- 72%. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks <guys. laughs> This is a 8-bit remix cover version of Out of the Woods by Taylor Swift. Why would you, why would you talk over this? I don't understand. Because it's... Just let this play out, Steve. That's the rest of the show. Bye, everyone. <laughs> uh, if you come to Marioki, you will hear a version of this uh, sung by... It's amazing. Anne and I usually... I'm uh, still not entirely sure what game it's about. It's just about general. It's about adventuring oh, in okay, video games. Oh, okay, that's good. It's, it's a... It's a you know, broad strokes. Mario yeah. is for everyone. You don't have to understand every little bit no. about every other game. Uh, indeed, you can enjoy it if you know nothing about games. Hello. <laughs> um, had any thoughts on um, celebrities you'd like to play games no, with? No, I was, I was just thinking... That's given that Anne wants to play games um, with No, Taylor. I was just thinking that given that we've attracted a lot of the serial uh, listeners, we of need... Of course. I mean, I've a serial. So I've not uh, listened to a full episode of Seal. I got a bit bored of it, and then I found out it was all true. Um, and then you got back into it. No, I didn't. No, you're I only into the real murders, aren't you? Simon? Right, exactly. Um, but uh, like, does it end on a cliffhanger? Is that what we need to do here to get them back oh, next week? Okay. Uh. Um, 
Well, oh, am We've I got about be a minute to think of one. No. Paul Rowe, it's been great having you back. So welcome back. Please do stick around. I'll not do just best. in the studio, although that's, that would be welcome. But uh, it's good to see you writing about games again. It's nice to be doing it, yeah. And thanks for having us on. Anytime. I mean, I mean that. If, if we've got someone lined up, we'll clear them out. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, so okay. we, can, we can follow you on Twitter, at Mr Biffo. That's it, at Mr Biffo. And the blog is? Uh, Digitizer2000.com. Good stuff. And we're going to see you at the Christmas party, singing Womanizer by Britney Spears. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> the Chuckle Brothers. That's who I want to play games with. Okay. It'd be perfect, wouldn't it? <laughs> to me. <laughs> <laughs> to you. So that's it, isn't it, for another week? I've been trying to think of a cliffhanger. Oh, of course. I already forgot. Well, you've been playing Fingal. <laughs> There's no... Okay. Anne. Yeah. Why don't you tell us who Matt really is? He's a code name for someone. He is, Steve. And he's a code name for... <laughs> Tune to Resonance 104.4 FM.